Coming up, stocks getting hammered on Monday. Dow down more than 300 points. S&P below the January lows. The rally was a mirage. And in the energy sector, Chesapeake Energy down 50% amid serious bankruptcy fears. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Everything you need to know about money and the markets. And then some. How are you, everybody? Cold and dark, ominous Monday here in New York. And it has nothing to do with the weather. It's got everything to do with the stock market. Big sell-off in the market. Dow down more than 300 points. Technical levels being breached left and right. Oil's down. Everything looks pretty dark. Paul Vigna, Matt Jaroszemski, Stephen Grosser on the other side of the glass. I just felt like saying that, Grosser. That's fine. And uh, Sonia Vashampayan is here as well. All right, let's uh, let's start off with the markets. Look, Friday was a disaster in the markets. Uh, you know, it was bad. Let's not kid ourselves. Uh, today's not much better. Uh, today uh, is uh, just uh, as bad. Yeah. Right, right. No. Um, what, what, what are we making of this, Somya? Well, financials are leading the market lower today, and that kind of feeds into a lot of the fears about some kind of recession or slowdown in global growth. Um, it's just kind of startling when you see big banks like Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs down Five six percent, right, yeah. Right. Well, and you know it's interesting too because the, the European banks got hit hard. Yeah, Deutsche Bank. There's actually been a lot of put option activity in Deutsche Bank, um, kind of giving people a sense of the the momentum that people are expecting uh, for another leg lower. Yeah. And there's a lot of talk about you know what bad loans are sitting on their books. It started. It was almost a month ago. The Italian banks were having problems, and there was talk of of bailouts, bad loan. You know, it's, nobody knows exactly what's going on over there. So now they're just selling indiscriminately, and that turned European markets around. That continued here in New York, and you know, look, you look at this now, and that that rebound rally we saw at the end of January it went a little bit into that's a mirage. I mean that is that is disappeared into the sands of time already. Yeah, it's kind of funny when you think that when you look across um you know markets and gold is the thing that's up a lot. It's up right. like double digits maybe and and that kind of speaks to the fear out there. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and the gold bugs are loving this too, right? They got battered for years. Finally they see and it's funny too, oh, they're not even seeing a huge rebound. But they're seeing a rebound, and and now they're they're crowing. The gold bugs are crowing. Grocer yeah. on the other side I, of the glass. I think, I think how much is our, is gold up today? It's it's you know it's had its biggest jump in I think in several months. Yeah, it's what is it? It's one or two percent. I think two percent. Yeah, two percent. But from the low that it set not too long ago, it's up. I don't know offhand what it is, but it's up a good amount. I mean, it's basically the only thing that's bouncing mm-hmm. besides the dollar, which nobody really wants. But and the VIX. And the VIX, right? <laughs> Right. So I only have a, a few things that are bouncing. I, the thing that, that I thought was interesting, and, and I'll talk my own book, I guess, a little bit, is is the post that, that I did earlier about you have these four head and shoulders patterns on the S&P 500, all at different time frames, uh, a 15-minute, a 60-minute, a daily, a weekly. So four different charts going back, you know, from a couple of days ago to almost two years ago. All of them were broken today, and what that means is that you, you know, head and shoulders, you have a rise, another rise, and then another rise, and then it comes down, and it's just, just a sign that buying momentum is exhausting itself. All of them were triggered at the open today, and you see what, what happened since then is S&P is back below the January lows, uh, closing low, 1859, right, and Next target is probably 1812, which is that intraday low from January 20th. I remember it so well because we were live blogging it. And we were literally, we were watching it every single tick. We were looking to see how, how far down it could go. 
Then it bounced, and everyone thought, oh, we, we bounced. We're back. Yeah. And now you're right back there. You're right back there. Yeah, well, you guys are a little bit closer to the day-to-day market activity than I am. You know, I focus on private equity and uh, uh, distressed credit and restructuring and stuff. But when I talk to big, like, private equity investors, a lot of these guys have the sense that uh, as we came into last year, there were fears about, you know, whether central banks can, can, can continue to prop up assets, if, you know, whether we're headed towards sort of a global uh, slowdown and potentially a recession for the U.S., and even for, for these guys that are more optimistic, they feel like there just isn't that kind of broad enthusiasm in the markets uh, that's going to put a floor under things, even right. even though prices have come down, even though you know we've come back to prices that maybe are more reflective of reality than, than some of the highs of previous years. It just takes you know a, a big kind of rush of buyers to help us create that floor. So you know I think we could be in for some more of this kind of volatility or you know, days or weeks of selling. One of the, I was just going to go back to Friday because the tech sell-off that we saw on Friday, which was widespread, um, it wasn't, you know, you saw everyone from Amazon to Netflix to, you know, LinkedIn, um, and the cloud computing sector, you know, sort of uh, was absolutely crushed. That was sort of made me a little bit nervous because that was like, you know, investors deciding, that these momentum stocks, these tech stocks, these over, really highly overvalued, you know, companies, um, that they they were nervous and they were going to just get out on it, on mass. We have tech is getting hit today with everything, but it it's not getting quite. It's not. It's nowhere near financials. Right. Well, and, uh, and Friday was unsettling because those stocks, Amazon, Netflix, um, to a lesser degree, like LinkedIn, I guess, um, had really propped up or buoyed the market. Last year, right, and if those things aren't going to help this year, then then it's sort of a then what is it, yeah, yeah it's well, a what is and, and and that gets back to your point. You were talking about the central banks. I mean, f- since the crisis, everyone has always fallen back on the fact that the central banks were there, and the, and profits don't look good. Central banks are there. Revenue doesn't look good. Central banks are there. Economic growth, all these numbers, whatever. Central banks are there. Don't worry. Now everyone knows the Fed is trying to raise rates. They want to rate, the, the rates aren't, you know, you look at the market, the 10-year today was at 1.73. The market is not cooperating with what the Fed wants to do, but the Fed wants to raise rates, and they are the big boys. It was one thing for the ECB to talk a big game, but, that you know, that's a, a Byzantium uh, structure they've got over there. So Mario Draghi's hands really are tied a lot more than he would like you to think. The Bank of Japan has been at this game for 20 years so they can talk a lot too, but what, you know what juice do they have? The the central bank put is being challenged here. Well, I mean, the other thing too is there's nothing replacing it, right? I mean, you right. know, we are in a slow growth environment, and you're seeing like, listen, right now, first quarter earnings for 2016 are supposed to be to you know to contract by you know five roughly five percent, I think five point three percent. That's going to be the fourth straight quarter. That we have seen earnings contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point, if the central bank's going to move away from supporting the stock market, you need companies to step in and report those earnings. But in this environment, you know, I mean, much of now, granted, much of the you know the reason for the contractions, oil. 
but earnings still aren't solid. They're not great, and they're what you would sort of expect when you're getting to two and a half percent growth. Right. And you're yeah. And look, we're gonna we're gonna round this up and take a quick break. But you're right. I mean, you're seeing a collapse in energy profits, but you're not seeing strong growth, profit growth elsewhere. And sales growth has been bad across the board for a long time. So you're right. The problem is the Fed's standing there on the middle of the track with the baton in its hand, looking to give it to somebody else, and there's nobody else that wants to pick it up. So. That that's the problem right now, and people are, are I think, and the hope was all along that the, you would generate, you exactly. get the economy going, right. you get the companies, right? And you know when the Fed was pulling away, and it would be great. I mean, you know, the Fed is supposed to be tightening when the economy is strengthening yeah. to you know really revving up, and that's just not what's happening, here. right? All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to talk about uh, Chesapeake, Chesapeake Energy, uh, just getting shellacked. Today, we'll tell you why. Hi, this is Veronica Dagger. Catch me midweek every week on Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts and become a subscriber on iTunes. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Money Beat. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, Somia Vashampayam, and Matt Jarzemski. Uh, everyone, don't forget, this week we will have Mohammed El Arian in. We're going to drop that on you soon. Maybe tomorrow afternoon if we can get it uh, done in time. If not, Wednesday. Look for that one. Going to be a very interesting interview. He's here with his new book called The Only Game in Town. Uh, let's talk about one game in the market today that is just uh, a disaster. If you're... Holding this stock, if you were holding this at nine thirty a.m. this morning, Chesapeake Energy, uh, just run it through us. Run, run it by. What's going on here, man? All right, so Chesapeake, you know, like you said, the stock was down more than fifty percent the last time I checked. Um, I think the four out of the first uh, or four out of the five worst performing bonds across the entire high yield bond market were were Chesapeake, were Chesapeake bonds. bonds. Um, you know, some with you know very significant declines. So, so what's happening here? On Friday, uh, a trade publication called Debtwire reported that Chesapeake had hired uh, restructuring lawyers from uh, Kirkland and Ellis, you know, like a big corporate law firm. And uh, today, uh, you know, Zero Hedge, Bloomberg, um, a bunch of you know web news services just sort of picked up that tidbit and really ran with it. You know, and it, it really kind of crystallized this fear that's been in, on investors' minds for a while that. You know, it's it's a terrible market for natural gas. Gas right. is down, I think, forty percent over the past year. Chesapeake, the second largest U.S. natural gas producer, and you know, it's are they going to be the next big shoe to drop? Right. You know, potentially having to restructure their debt or file for for Chapter Eleven yeah. or what have you. And yeah, they're not. You know, to people who are sort of only. Uh you know, tangentially associated with the energy market, you might not know the name, right? It's not Exxon, it's not Mobil, it's not one of the majors, but they are a pretty important player. Yeah, I mean, they're very well known in the industry. Right. Had a long history with uh, Aubrey McClendon, yeah. who's you know one of the like the big personalities in uh, in this kind right. of shale fracking boom, right? So it's yeah. um, it's certainly a name that that energy investors you know will know. Right. And it seemed to me that they came at. They sort of said, did they come out with a statement about it, like a sort of disambling, you know, oh, this isn't bankruptcy, you know, don't, this isn't bankruptcy, don't worry, it's not bankruptcy, it's something that sounds a lot like bankruptcy, but we're not calling it that. Well, the company said that it currently has no plans to file for bankruptcy. Right. Now, look, Chesapeake has a, some liquidity. It has a $4 billion credit line that is completely undrawn. Um, on the other hand, it's been burning through cash at a kind of incredible rate, and things don't look to be getting much better anytime soon in, in natural gas. 
another part of what Chesapeake said was that it's been working with this law firm Kirkland and Ellis since uh, 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. The thing is, you know, all these kind of mega big law firms um, have a whole range of options that they offer their clients. You know, they'll do your regular way, you know, help you out with your proxy statements or, you know, just kind of things that you have to do as a big company in order an ordinary course. Um, you know, they also have guys that work on M&A or bankruptcy right. or whatever. Um, so, you know, I think stepping back, the thing to kind of keep in mind is this is a company that has more than $10 billion in debt. It's it, some of which trades at, you know, less than 20 cents on the dollar, which means, you know, bondholders think that they may not recover much mm, right. for their debt if the company had to file. And remember, all debt ranks ahead of equity in bankruptcy. So, you know, you've got this, I think, about $1.4 billion market cap of, of Chesapeake. You know, you've got $10 billion in value that has to take, get taken care of ahead of you. Right. So, you know, sometimes with, these, with these, these little tidbits of news, like, you know, we have a new law firm uh, that's kind of quasi-publicly around now that people didn't know about. You know, even if that's not the most, most earth-shattering yeah. thing or, or, or it doesn't necessarily point directly to a bankruptcy filing. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of bad vibes around the situation, and it doesn't take much for the bottom to really drop out on a, on a stock. Right. Well, and I think you're going to start seeing, too, in in this whole sector, as these companies kind of throw in the towel, you know, whatever they call it, bankruptcy, restructuring, whatever legal uh, hoops they go through, people who are holding on to that debt and that equity, they're not getting that money back. Well, look, I mean, that's, ch- the, that's the real issue. Chesapeake has already asked investors to make some kind of tough decisions. They right. did this debt for debt exchange where I, these aren't exactly the numbers, but generally the way it works out is, you know, you give me 100 cents worth of your existing debt. I'm going to give you 80, per, 80 cents back in new debt. So you take a little bit of a haircut, but, you know, new debt that will uh, rank higher in the pecking order if a restructuring were to take place. So, you know, you get better collateral in exchange for taking a little bit of principal reduction yeah. and, and probably extending your maturities. And uh, so, you know, they're already kind of going through the playbook of one of these kind of distressed companies that may be headed down this path, trying to, you know, buy themselves a little more breathing room. But it's just a tough environment for this for this right, whole sector. Right. I mean, your price of what you sell falls 40 percent. I don't care what you're selling. It's going to cause, you know, problems around the industry. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people were worried the degree to which other companies would be affected as well, right? We saw Williams right. down a ton this morning. Um, right. And yeah, it's think- also important to point out that the stock's at like $2. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it went as low yeah. as like 150 Right. And bounced back to like 242 and then was down to like $2. You know, it's been all over the place this morning. So if you, know, if you want to take a flyer out there, folks, uh, 2 bucks. And it also speaks to like, I mean, I, that's you know, the price of a lottery ticket. To bring it back to like your, what we were talking about. Your odds of winning are just as good. <laughs> well, I mean, to bring it back to like what we were talking about earlier, too, it, it, it speaks to the bank issue. Right, I mean, right. you know, a lot of, you know, during the during the fourth quarter reporting, you know, one of the big focuses among many of the banks was discussing their exposure to, you know, the you know oil debt uh, and the loans they'd made to all these, you know, uh, these companies. And... Um, you know, and I think investors continue to be very focused on this. So when you see a Chesapeake struggling, you see other, you know, they get sort of spooked. Right. And it, it the whole thing becomes a self-stoking cycle, right? I mean, and you can see it today. You can see it. You have energy companies, significant sector. That feeds into the fears of the banks, like you're talking about, Sonia. The banks are down tremendously. And the whole market just spirals after that. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I mean, like, you saw that with the, you know, tech stocks, you know, on, yes. on Friday as well. Right, right. So, you know, this, this, this isn't it's going a, it's away It's crowded quickly. trade. It's a it's crowded trade, trade. right. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, I don't think it's at panic levels yet. You talk to, to folks in the market. So, I mean, I mean mm-hmm. are people panicking? Are people just selling indiscriminately? I don't think so. I mean, I haven't really talked to people who are, who are sort of dumping stocks in mass. Right. I mean, people are less excited about stocks. They're not jumping in to buy dips as much. I mean, stocks are a lot cheaper than they were 12 months ago, and yet people aren't kind of scooping in, right. scoop, stepping up here and buying bargains. They're just kind of waiting. There's a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to other types of assets, and they're just kind of waiting it out, I think. Yeah. Well, and what was the market about flat last year? So we can't be that far right. from the kind of historically high valuations that we saw in 2014. No, we we remain at, at high valuation. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's a great tweet I think on on Friday about LinkedIn, and now this is an over exaggerated uh, point, but that they're like they lost about forty percent of their market cap, and they're still uh, trading at you know eighty four times earnings. I mean, wow. you know, it's yeah. There's a lot of rich valuations yeah. that are still out there that you know the Fed helped. You know, push, which means there's a lot more to go. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, this is a re- right. we're re- we're repricing everything. Yeah, I mean, you you're in a economy that's not great, um, and you know, corporate earnings aren't great, and the Fed's pulling back. Yeah. All right, let's uh, take one more break. We'll come back on the other side with just a couple of final thoughts. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, Money Beat. Welcome back to the Money Beat blog uh, podcast. Hey, I want to I want to plug a couple of new newsletters we have out. Uh, Morning Money Beat and Evening Money Beat Gross. What are the sign up uh, emails for those? Um, do you know go, them offhand? No, I do not know them offhand. <laughs> I, I do not know URLs offhand. You don't? Uh, sorry, my memory's not that That's good okay. at, the, at this age. But you can go to Money Beat and you can uh, right, sign go, up there. Go to the blog. You can see or them there. Or go to the WSJ's email sign up. Yeah. Come into your inbox every morning, every evening, evening, give you everything you need to know on the markets. You know, we were talking about something that could come in and kind of give, you know, somebody some faith in market. There is one interesting thing on the docket this week, which is Janet Yellen. Yeah. Who goes? Uh, what is it? Is it Tuesday and Wednesday? Wednesday yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday, something. Two days testimony. It's definitely, it's definitely a two days. Yeah, no, it yeah. is. No, it's, she speaks to her before the house on Wednesday, and then it's. Just, I believe it's the Senate on, on Thursday. It might right. be. You know, the I might have right, been on Friday, right. but um, yeah, no, I think that's that's going to be a, very carefully watched because the the last meeting in January, I think, you know, left a lot of questions in right. the air. About what the Fed's, you know, like you know, policy was. It was a, it was a sort of dovish, but it, you know, but yeah. it wasn't that dovish. And then the jobs report, as we saw on Friday, raised even more questions. Um, you know, the number was poor, right? But um, you know, there was a, some underlying, you know, metrics in there that gave people, that you know, sort of the bulls could cling to. So I think there's a lot of, 
you know, uh, questions that people are going to want to know. Like, they're, they're going to want to know what she thinks of the, the of overseas, you know. Right. You know what's going on overseas with China. The, just also just the financial turmoil. How that's going to impact their, her decision, and then she's also you know tumbling oil. How's that going to? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been calling this transitory for over a year now. Um, and then there's also just you know what's the state of the labor market? How do how confident do they feel? Because that really has been the one strong. You know, sort of indicator out of all the economic indicating yeah. indicators we've been getting lately in data. Um, and look, you're, you're going to hear a lot of words out of her mouth on those two days. You're going to hear a lot of questions, a lot of back and forth. The thing she will not say, which is the only thing the market really wants right. to know, is how much are they going to stick to their guns? They've been talking about raising rates. They've been talking about normalizing. And I'm using the, the air quotes, folks, normalizing rates. The market's going against them. The economy is going against them. Other central banks are going against them. How determined are they to keep raising rates? That's the only thing the market really wants to know. And that's the one thing she's not going to say out front. So it's all tea leaf reading. But she could she could move markets. I think a year oh, ago yeah. she mentioned um, stretched valuations. And mm-hmm. I think she called out social yes. media stocks and, and things just sold off. So right. Right. could be a fun one. Oh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be a fun one. All right, uh, let's leave it there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Like we said, Mohammed El Arian coming later this week will probably be in the studio again if the markets keep selling off like this. We will talk to you soon.